Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and today's show, recording from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center, and my co-host will be Director Pat Kelly. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. According to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, almost 30 people a day are killed in drunk driving crashes. That's one person every 50 minutes. The Minnesota National Guard relies on the health and fitness of its soldiers and airmen to achieve success. That's why it is important to have a plan in place if you decide to drink alcohol. Rideshare apps like Uber and Lyft are an efficient and affordable way to avoid having to drive while impaired. If that doesn't work for you, be sure to have a sober driver on call to take you home. And if all else fails, be prepared to sleep on a couch or floor. That's a better alternative than spending the night in jail. If you have to ask yourself if you're okay to drive, you already know the answer. Please don't drink and drive. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. So I said at the opening of the show, we're recording today from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center, and this main campus provides primary care and specialty health services, including surgery, psychiatry, neurology, cancer treatment, dentistry, and much, much more. And joining me now to open up the show, my co-host for the show is VA Director Pat Kelly. Director Kelly, uh, great to be back here at the Minneapolis VA. I think it's been two or three years. So we're happy to have you back. Well, thank you, Director. Yeah. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, the last time we were right here on this location was before the pandemic, before yes. everybody knew about COVID and all the terrible uh, side effects mm-hmm. of that. And uh, I hope this signals that uh, we're through that COVID period and that's over. But I'm afraid we're probably going to have some flu shots mm-hmm. and COVID shots every fall from now on. Well, at least we can signal that it's getting better. We can, we can at least say that. We may not be done, but we're better. So. Well, and Director, uh, I've been out here a bunch of times. I'm a patient here, and I was here to get my COVID vaccines, first and second, and came out and got boosted twice. And despite that, when we were up a few weekends, a few weeks ago, doing a live show from the bridge of the USS Minneapolis-St. Paul, one of those sailors that shook my hand must have had it because I came down with it. But it was a good show on a new ship, a newest ship in the Navy. Well, you know, that's just like the Army blaming the Navy for something like that. But, you know, we... we uh I'm glad you did everything you were supposed to have done, Tom, but it's a good example. You can do everything you're supposed to do, and you're still not, uh, you still need to be careful. So I'm glad you're feeling better, and I'm glad you're back out here. Well, Director, it was, it was, I was in the country club, so it was Air Force, but, but uh, I understand. <laughs> and uh, it was interesting to note that uh, there was some extra medication, I think it was called Paxlovid, that they wanted me to get. So I had instructions to come out around the, the uh, parking ramp, park out in the back, don't come in, we'll come to you. And uh, they gave me that Paxlovid, and home I went, and uh, we got through it, and it's good. And uh, I hope this is over soon for all of our patients here and for everybody else in America. We, we all hope that's true, Tom. The director, uh, I want to talk to you about construction. I was hoping mm-hmm. I'd see you in your hard hat today, but you must have left that in your office. There's a, there's a new building that's just gone up out by the main entrance. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so for the veterans that are coming in on Veterans Drive, which is the main drive coming in leading to the hospital, On your left, you will see, as you did this morning, Tom, a beautiful new uh, building, which is almost done. It's going to be our specialty medicine clinic. The reason why we're building that building is that we're revamping many of our internal spaces here to go to single-bed rooms. In order to do that, we needed to build some other spaces to move some of our other clinics. That's going to be a brand-new clinic, and it's going to be beautiful. Uh, Opens this fall. And that'll take care of many of the specialty care services that our veterans used to get in here in the 3D area. 
Yeah, it looks like it's almost complete, and you say it's going to open this fall, and right after that is the piece of construction I've been waiting for. You're going to build a brand-new uh, women veterans clinic. So, so every year we get more and more women veterans getting their health care with the VA because there's more and more service members uh, who are leaving uh, active service and engaging in VA health care. So, so this is our brand-new uh, women's health clinic. What we've heard from veterans, female veterans, they like having their own spaces, and they like you know, getting services uh, with other women veterans. So in that building, we're going to have imaging services, and we're going to draw blood, and we're going to do a lot of the services that our women veterans previously had to come into the hospital to get. They'll get them right out there. There'll be a drive-through, go right into that building. It'll be connected to the main building, but that'll be an opportunity for us to better serve our women veterans. And, of course, Director, as you've told me many times, if our women veterans come in now and they're the least bit nervous, you have a, a woman volunteer meet them at the door and walk them to their clinic, walk them to their appointments, and take care of them while they're getting in and out of here. But this is a busy place. There's a lot of a lot of men and women veterans in here. Yeah. I can see where anybody might get a little apprehensive. You're going to see your doctor in the first place, so people get nervous anyway. Well, we don't like people coming around unless they have to, and so hopefully they don't get here too often. But when they do, we got great people like Doug and others who are uh, Red Vest volunteers. They get our veterans where they need to go. We're speaking with uh, Director Pat Kelly from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System on site at the Minneapolis uh, Medical Center for Minnesota Military Radio. And Director, I uh, always like sitting here because I get to look right in the door of the chapel. And it's one of the things you and I don't talk about very often when you join me every few weeks, but you've got great chapel chaplains and chaplain service every day. Well, one of the things we have talked about, Tom, is that <clears throat> spiritual care is an important component of health care. So we have seven or eight chaplains of all varieties who, who meet with our inpatients, provide outpatient services, uh, working all the time after hours to come in where there's a need. So, so we take that very seriously. We offer services here in our hospital uh, for guests uh, and for staff. And so it's an important part of what we do. We have a great father, Father, father Damien Schill, runs our chaplain services and does a really great job. And, Director, I think I've said this before, but I've figured out if I come out here for my quarterly blood draw and get it about 8.10 at 7.30, I can sneak in there and, and get the, the Catholic service and, and then go off and get the blood draw and then get back to, get back to work. It's a, it's a nice way to start mm. the day. You can even stop and get breakfast on the way out. So we, uh, we try to be a full-service VA. Scrambled eggs works great, <laughs> Director. Uh, Director, we've got a few minutes left in this opening segment, but I want to talk a little bit about partnerships because here in Minnesota we're working hard on uh, – preventing veterans' homelessness, preventing veterans' suicide, and, and you partner with all of the veteran service uh, organizations around the state. Does this happen in every VA? I know it happens a lot right here. Well, you know, it really requires a lot of community partners. And so uh, I've been at a couple of VAs, and I think Minneapolis really sets a good standard for the way we community uh, partner. Last week, for example, we declared uh, end of veterans' homelessness functional zero up in uh, Duluth, up in uh, St. Louis County. So now we've covered eight out of the ten areas. The only ones remaining in Minnesota are Ramsey and Hennepin County, and we're going to get those done. And, and, you know, our governor is unbelievably committed to this mission. Uh, You know, he served many, many years over here in the Minnesota National Guard. He's committed to veterans' care. And so it's it's a good partner, MACV, all kinds of people are involved in this. Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Administration, uh, you've got everybody in, in, the, in the state working hard on that homelessness issue and on uh, reducing uh, veteran suicide. Yeah, that's, that remains the number one clinical priority for the secretary. Of 
course, as you know, our secretary is a Minnesotan. He's, he's from Stillwater, St. John's uh, graduate. And he has maintained and, and really supports any effort we can make to minimize veterans' suicide. 17 veterans a day take their lives. It it's, uh, exceeds anything that we would accept and is far greater than what happens in the civilian community. So we do a lot of things, a lot of which is outreach, you know, with community partners, police, churches, service organizations. Some of those things that are not so obvious when you're thinking about a medical center, when you go in and you talk to your doctors and you get taken care of that way. And, but what a great partnership with uh, all those organizations. Mm-hmm. And, Director, uh, as we're sitting here, I see, I've seen a lot of your volunteers walking back and forth. You probably couldn't operate this thing without many, many, many volunteers. We have about 1,300 volunteers. You see a lot of them in red vests. These are our ambassadors. So what the ambassadors do is they make sure that veterans get to their appointments. They will escort them if they need it. Um, they will support the spouse and the caregiver while they're here. So it's, it's a, it is a huge group of people who like being here, and they're here for free. So they really help us a lot. And they're all here to make sure that we take, a, take good care of our veterans that uh, are out here because uh, something happened while they were serving in the, in the military. And, and uh, it's, a, it's the bargain we make when we raise our hands. The United States government says, we're going to send you where we're going to send you. And if you get hurt or you suffer from something that was caused by your service to country, uh, our, our part of the bargain is we're going to take care of you. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little later in the show, but there's some legislation mm-hmm. in Congress uh, that's uh, some of the biggest legislation that's uh, passed, and it just passed the uh, Senate last week. Uh, and it's going to make, I think you're going to be even bus- busier, Director. Well, it's really going to expand the number of veterans who are going to be eligible for VA health care. Many of those have been exposed to toxic chemicals. And so it's, uh, it's important that we do this. It's important that we do it now. And, and it will result in more veterans getting health care. You know, a number of those veterans are engaged in VA health care for other reasons. But this will more firmly establish that connection between those toxic chemicals they were exposed to and their disease or illness in the VA. Better pensions, more health care. I know Ron Sackett, our VBA guest, is going to talk more about this. But these are good opportunities for us to serve our veterans better. He'll be on in the third segment, and we'll talk a little bit about that PACT Act. Uh, Director, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about your community-based outpatient clinics. This is Minnesota Military Radio, recording live from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. Uh, As I said in the opening of the show, we're recording today from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center, and my co-host is Director Pat Kelly. And, Director, uh, we want to talk a little bit today. Whenever I talk to you, we're always... I'm thinking about the VA Medical Center because it's a big place. It's where I come for help. But you've got a whole series of outpatient clinics out there. And I know you have listeners all over the state, Tom, so, so many of our listeners will be familiar with some of these clinics. But we, we have 13 clinics, uh, four in western Wisconsin, nine in Minnesota. And we are fortunate to have a really excellent leader of our uh, community-based outpatient clinics, Cassidy Karnick. So she's our, she's our first guest. And Cassidy is a master's prepared nurse. She has been with the VA for eight years. Uh, I met Cassidy, uh, I've been with the VA for nine years. We, we brought Cassidy into our Rochester Seabock eight years ago from the civilian healthcare community. Uh, she was so excellent, she then became our leader of all of our community-based outpatient clinics and now does her work here in Minneapolis. 
but in fact supports all of those 13 clinics all over the state and in western Wisconsin. And for our audience, when we say CBOX, that's the acronym for a community-based outpatient clinic. And Cassidy, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited for you to tell us all about uh, all those clinics, and I'm thinking that the reason they're out there is to make it as convenient as possible for our veterans to get some care. Absolutely. Keep their care at home, right? Closer to home. Closer to home. That's a good thing. Hmm. Can you tell us uh, about the clinics and where they are? Yes. So like Mr. Kelly said, we have 13 outpatient clinics, including in locations of Ely, Minnesota, Hibbing, Twin Ports, which is located in Superior, Wisconsin, Rice Lake, Hayward, Chippewa Falls, Maplewood, Northwest Metro, located out in Ramsey, Shakopee, Rochester, Albert Lee, St. James, and Lyle C. Pearson is at our Mankato location. So there's a lot of them out there, and I'm wondering about the capacity. What can, what can they do at the outpatient clinics? I know there's some things that the veterans have to come down to the medical center for, but mm-hmm. I'm thinking you can, do a, you can do a lot in those clinics. Correct. Most of our outpatient clinics have primary care, mental health. We have pharmacists on site, dietitians, social workers, laboratory, imaging at most of our sites. Um, we also have specialty in some of our clinics, including audiology at Twin Ports, Ramsey, and at uh, Maplewood. Uh, we also have dental out in our Ramsey Clinic, and we have optometry in Twin Ports and at, Maple, and at Ramsey, and soon to be coming at Maplewood when we open their new space here this fall. And Cassidy is a Vietnam veteran who lives in the Twin Cities. They've got mm-hmm. me in the system as I come to the VA Medical Center. But if you've got people that live up in, up in Grand Marais or they live somewhere else out in the state, do they establish a relationship with the closest clinic, and is that their default? Yes, that is their primary location. They're closer to home. If they choose to come to Minneapolis, that can be their primary location as well. But we do offer that um, to keep closer to home or to Minneapolis for their primary care. If they need to come to Minneapolis for more specialty, then they come here. We do offer more and more um, specialties. So like dermatology is coming out to Twin Ports once a month. Rheumatology is coming to most of our clinics. Renal is coming out to three of our clinics. We also provide physical therapy, um, um, occupational therapy. Um, and we keep building. Every single year, we add more and more services to our locations, which is great for our veterans. Director, I don't know about you, but I'm getting tired of talking about the pandemic, except when we're talking about the services you provide to our veterans. We learned during the pandemic to use virtual services, yeah. and I'm thinking that probably helps your clinics as well. So we were always in the VA pretty engaged in virtual care because our veterans live frequently long distances, and, and Cassidy and her team would connect those veterans Maybe they needed something in Minneapolis, but they didn't need to drive here to get that something. So they would connect them with a provider here, get that virtual care where they were. Well, we have learned through the pandemic that we can do that in a lot of different services to include surgical services, to include a whole array of services that are not provided directly in our CBOX, but that can be supported by the CBOX. So all those good things that we learned how to do and, and accelerated, you're going to keep those good things by all means. to supplement what you have to do in person. Right. That's got to be great for your uh, your doctors and nurses out in the in the uh, C boxes as well out in the community based clinics. Absolutely, we do a lot of telemedicine, which is that virtual care where they come to our clinic and they see a provider in Minneapolis at a different CBOC or even out of the state. Um, so it's a lovely opportunity to have that care local, closer to home. But the you know the 
the doctors on a different location. So that's amazing. Uh, we also have different services as well that we've added that are more virtual. So our text program, was, which is um, technology-based eye care services, that's in two of our locations. So that's an, op- that's an optometry function. And then we also are adding AMTEST, which is an automated method of testing auditory sensitivity, which is a hearing test, and that they can come back and get a fitting of their hearing aids at our, at our local clinics. So that's a new service we have coming to Rochester here in July and adding that to multiple more service, uh, clinics in the future. We're uh, recording today from the VA Medical Center in Minneapolis with the director, uh, Pat Kelly, and our special guest, Cassidy Karnick, uh, talking about the community-based outpatient clinics. And uh, Cassidy, you mentioned dermatology. I think we had on uh, one of your doctors a while back, and they were saying that they used the, the virtual meeting uh, using the screens and, and the cameras to sometimes take a look at uh, a, a problem or an area instead of having, let's come in and have that first visit. Let's see what you're talking about and see how serious it is, and then we'll figure out what we're, what we're going to do. That's got to save a lot of time and, and energy for everybody. It does. We have awesome cameras that can take wonderful pictures of these areas, and they can be sent to Minneapolis for review, and then that can save that veteran a trip. So that's kind of augmenting the, the doctors that are out in the community-based clinics because they can get that specialty from Minneapolis VA and team up to take care of the veterans. Correct. Director, I think that's an amazing you know, result. You know, Tom, I'll follow up on that. One of our very ingenious doctors, uh, Dr. Arif Ashani, has developed the teledermatology project where we are hiring six dermatologists who will not work physically at the VA Medical Center, but they will work from their home or they will work from some other virtual location, and they will do their work where they live. And so, again, the veterans don't have to travel. The providers can provide that care, level of care from where they live. And if they need to send that veteran to the medical center to be seen physically or maybe to take some sort of a sample or something, we have that connection. But, but that's really where healthcare is going. That's just an example. Teledermatology is one, but that's expanding to cardiology services and many, many other services that can all be delivered virtually. So you can deliver faster and better care to the veterans and save everybody a lot of time. Cassidy, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Uh, what's what's coming up for the community-based outpatient clinics? Any changes? Anything, anybody moving? What's going on? Yeah, we actually have a couple of moves this uh, fall into winter. Um, our Maplewood location is actually getting a new location, which is really right next door at 3100 Kennard Street. Um, they are expanding from 14,000 square feet to about 32,000 square feet, and we're adding, like I said, optometry to that new location. Another change for us is that we have two contracted locations, St. James and that Lyle C. Pearson, which is in Mankato, that will be changing over to a VA site come winter. Um, so that will be a lovely location uh, change for us, too. So the location for St. James is going to be at 1100 13th Avenue South, and for Lyle C. Pearson at Madison East Mall at 1400 Madison Avenue Suite 502. And we are going to be adding physical therapy to that Mankato, Saint, that Mankato location. Cassidy, you've got a lot to keep track of with all of those community-based outpatient clinics and all the changes and everything that's going on. Uh, That must be quite a job. Are you enjoying it? I love my job. I've been in this role a little over four years, and every day is a new day, and I love the challenge that comes with it. And, uh, Director, I I need to ask you, I ask you almost every time you're on if you're hiring. We don't talk about the community-based outpatient clinics. You're probably hiring here at the medical center, but you're probably hiring at all of those locations as well. You know, Tom, let me thank you for that uh, comment, and you always help us with this. Cassidy, why should someone be a VA nurse? Why, why would someone want to work for the VA? 
Um, I think it's a lovely opportunity to give back to those veterans that served for us, right? I always say that in my ribbon cuttings. It's an opportunity to provide care back to those that served our country. Um, also that, you know, the, the teamwork, the morale is wonderful at all of our sites, including all of our CBOCs and Minneapolis. Um, you know, there's a nice, nice work-life balance that comes with this job. Um, and I think the benefits are outstanding as well. And I asked this of uh, a lot of the doctors and nurses that have been on the show, Director, do the, do the veterans pay attention and do what they're told? And the answer usually comes back, they're pretty darn good. They learned a little discipline in the service. If you tell them this is important, they take care of it. So that's got to feel good for your, all your employees as well. It does. Cassidy, we're just about out of time. Uh, thanks for joining us today, and I hope you get a chance to come back on the show sometime soon. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Director, we're going to have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about veterans, the Veterans Benefit Associate, er, uh, Administration with Ron Sackett. Uh, this is Minnesota Military Radio, recording live from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare Center. Uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back. Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. We're recording today from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center, and my co-host is Director Pat Kelly. And Director Kelly, we're going to talk uh, this segment about the Veterans Benefits Administration, and you've brought a special guest for us to meet. So Ron Sackett is one of the two deputy directors uh, uh, over at the regional office. Many of you will see that regional office, the big Bishop Whipple building in Minneapolis over here on the interstate. Ron is a, uh, Ron's a Marine. He's a soldier. He's in the National Guard. So Ron has done a lot of things in the military, has a lot of great military experience. He even taught our public affairs officer at one point. So he has done a lot of things. And I thought our PAO was unteachable, but actually Ron was, uh, did a great job of uh, doing that. So we are really pleased to have Ron on the show. Ron, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks. Great to be here, Tom. Well, keep in mind you started as a Marine because you're yeah. always a Marine, but yeah. a great career in the military. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of had an unusual career path that I, I guess it wasn't by design, but it, it had happened, and in hindsight, I'm glad it did. I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. Uh, a couple weeks after graduation, I was standing on the Yellow Footprints in San Diego, California, and uh, at the Marine Corps uh, boot camp, and uh, did four years, uh, loved it, uh, attained the rank of sergeant, but I, I knew there was something else out there for me, so I wanted to go to college, uh, so... I did my four years, uh, got out, went to college, and uh, kind of by accident, I ended up at uh, Officer Candidate School at Fort Benning, uh, Georgia, and became a second lieutenant, and, and that began my Army career. And uh, 22 years later, uh, retired. Uh, and uh, As a lieutenant colonel. As a lieutenant colonel, yeah. So, Congratulations, uh, sir. Yeah, so uh, if I can do it, just about anybody can do it. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, Right. No, I, I'm very, very fortunate. Uh, had a lot of good leaders uh, along the way, and uh, it was blessed with uh, a lot of great assignments to include uh, spending three years at St. John's uh, teaching uh, great young, uh, great young men like uh, and women uh, like Brad Dozinski. So. A lot of experience, sir. I want to ask you kind of a two-part question. Number one, how did you get to the Veterans Benefit Administration, and what do they do? So, um, again, that was uh, kind of by accident, not necessarily by design. Uh, I had, after I retired, I worked uh, as a defense contractor, worked for General Dynamics, uh, working with a armored brigade combat team, preparing them for deployments and whatnot. And, uh, but uh, the contractor world is, is somewhat tenuous, and yeah, I still had young kids at home, and I needed something a little more stable. So I... Uh, I kind of looked around and I, I saw a vacancy at the, at the, the regional office here. Uh, threw my name in the hat, and lo and behold, they they hired me. So, 
And uh, the Veterans Benefits Administration uh, is one of the three uh, three administrations under VA. Uh, you have the Health Administration, you know, here at the hospital, and then uh, uh, we're the Veterans Benefits Administration. Then you have the cemetery. Um, so we're the second largest to have about uh, 25,000 employees uh, nationally. And what we do is we process uh, claims. Uh, we, we do a variety of things. Uh, the primary thing we do is we uh, process uh, compensation claims. Uh, so uh, veterans who uh, have uh, incurred uh, any kind of wartime service-connected injury or illness uh, or, or during their military service can uh, file a claim for that, and then uh, we adjudicate those claims, uh, rate them, and then uh, notify them. Sure. In addition to that, Veterans Benefits Administration also handles the GI Bill program. That's not handled out of our office. That's done at a, a few locations around the country. Um, and in addition to that, uh, what we do here in St. Paul is we have one of three pension management centers in, in the country, and we handle... Uh, uh, dependency and indemnity compensation claims uh, for survivors and uh, and pension f- uh, for wartime service. Busy place, must have a lot of people. And as yep. we tell our listeners, if you have some kind of an issue related to your service in the military, yep. go see your county veteran service officer. They'll help you file the claim. Absolutely. Once yep. that's done, then that's mm-hmm. gets sent sent off yep. to you, and and you document it as well as you can. And yep. and. Uh, how are we doing turning those claims around? There used to be a huge backlog. Yeah, so uh, when I first joined VA in 2012, uh, that's all you heard about was the backlog. And, uh, and fortunately, uh, over time, uh, I want to say at one point it was uh, around 600 claims that were backlogged. And in VA, what we mean by backlogged is they're over 125 days old. They've been pending for more than 125 days. And... Uh, and so uh, they actually, uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, they got that down to uh, to what they considered functional zero, right around fifty, sixty thousand. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be some number of claims that will will roll over that 125 day mark just due to the complexity or or some other reasons. But uh, um, so and then, I'm hearing you're getting a handle on it. Yeah. Well, and that being said, you know, then the pandemic came along and uh, we had some challenges with that. Uh, with regard to, uh, you know, we had to pause uh, in-person compensation and pension exams. So, and uh, as well as, um, uh, you know, had to cease some of our activities due to the pandemic. And uh, we, we, we lost some of our access to, uh, to records, you know, paper records. We, you know, they tried to scan in as much as possible, but some of those records uh, are still in paper form. And uh, we couldn't get access to that for a while during the pandemic. So that actually uh, slowed down some of the claims. Um, Director, uh, we're going to talk in a minute. I think there's some changes coming. And uh, we've been talking for 50 years about the effects of Agent Orange. Then we had the first Gulf War and all those oil, oil wells burning that caused some uh, lung issues. And then we had the burn pits. And, and toxic exposure seems to be, in my lifetime, the issue that we're mm-hmm. trying to deal with, get our arms around and, and make sure that we take care of our veterans. Uh, I'm sure you hear that all the time. Yeah, so not only has that been an issue, but it's been an issue with veterans trying to gather up any of the uh, documentation that's required to demonstrate that connection between their illness and their uh, exposure. That's going to be improved dramatically here very soon. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to, you know, these are referred to as presumptive uh, uh, illnesses. 
And so veterans who have some of these diseases or illnesses will be presumed to have been associated with their exposure, and that will greatly simplify the time and the effort associated with veterans processing a claim Correct. and expedite the time frames. It will be much quicker. And, Ron, today as we talk, the, uh, in Congress, the House of Representatives has passed what's called the PACT Act. The Senate passed it last week, went back to the House. They're going to work on it, and the president says he's going to sign it. I'm sure that's going to have a huge impact on the Veterans Benefit Administration. Absolutely. So um, we are already uh, taking some actions uh, in preparation for that. And um, so uh, this will be the largest uh, uh, largest uh, act uh, probably since the Agent Orange Act, Agent Orange act of 1991. Um, and that's the, you know, it'll probably have as big or bigger impact on that. And um, to accommodate the influx of additional claims will require to hire and train additional people. Um, you know, one of the things we're doing right now is uh, we're, we're doing mandatory overtime for some of our rating specialists uh, just to, to stay up with our current uh, workload um, and so we don't fall hard behind. So it will help us prepare for the, what we know is more coming. So a major change is going to affect a lot of veterans, especially yes. especially yes. recent, the last 20 right. years with the veterans. Yeah, in 2016, um, Gulf War veterans, those are, were served since August of uh, 1990 and to present, uh, about 3.5 million veterans. Uh, that became our largest cohort, cohort of veterans uh, since 2016. So that is a large group. And, um, you know, the PACT Act will allow us to reach out and, like Dr. Kelly said, you know, bring them in and uh, get, you know, get them the benefits that they deserve. Ron, a follow-up question on that. We've seen that the Congress has taken the action and, and they're making this major change. Did they take the next step? Did they provide funding for it? Uh, it, it looks like that will be part of the package, yeah. So we, we are operating under the assumption that uh, it will be fully funded with regard to hiring additional people, uh, for training those people, the equipment required uh, for those people to, to do their work. Uh, we're we're operating under the assumption that yes, that that'll all be there, and uh, and uh, uh, you know from the secretary, uh, the, uh, this administration, the previous administration, they've all supported uh, you know the VA uh, very well, and you know we you know we really appreciate the support we get uh, on on both sides of the aisle. So. Ron, this sounds pretty exciting. The biggest yeah. uh, change to veterans benefits in decades, but yeah. sounds to me like you and all your people over there are going to have to strap on your running shoes and get after it. <laughs> a- absolutely. So uh, we thought we were running fast now, um, but uh, it's it's going to mm-hmm. be uh, it's going to be a sprint, and uh, you know, and you know we'll be able to hire additional people to help accommodate the workload, and you know it, it won't happen overnight. It'll you know there'll be a ramp up period as. As the word gets out, and you know, we can do outreach and, and bring more people in, so it won't be it won't be a flip of the switch uh, kind of a thing. But, but that being said, uh, yes, uh, w- there won't be any shortage of work anytime soon. Ron, I want to thank you for joining us today on Minnesota Military Radio. And director, are you ready for all these new veterans that are going to be coming? Well, you know, Tom, part of the act is even to establish some new sites of care. I think they're talking about thirty-one is defined in the act. We'll see if that follows through, goes all the way through. But it's going to be a heavy lift for benefits, for medical, but, uh, you know, veterans rate it. And so we're going to figure out a way to get it done. We also have some contract support for these kinds of yep. things. And so, Great. so, yeah, we will, we will yeah. get it done. Yeah, It's going to be a busy few years. Yeah. One of the things the BBA, if we have time, uh, one of the things BBA is, uh, has now just started is uh, working on some automation, on claims automation. Uh, the claims process is a lengthy process, requires a lot of people, a lot of procedures. So what we're trying to do is automate some of those things that can be automated to speed up the process. And we've, we've just started uh, an initial 
effort uh, with, uh, with single claims uh, for hypertension. And uh, we've reduced it to one to two days in, in a small sample size. So we look forward to expanding automation as well to help us. Uh, automation, virtual care, expanding yeah. facilities, you're going to need it all. And yep. uh, appreciate you coming on, mm-hmm. Director. When we come back, we're going to talk about the whole health program here at the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. And today's show, we're recording from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center and my co-host is uh, Director Pat Kelly. Uh, we're going to talk about the whole health program here in a moment. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. Happy birthday to the GI Bill. On June 22, 1944, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt signed the Servicemen's Readjustment Act, known informally as the GI Bill. This landmark legislation transformed the lives of millions of veterans who helped shape the future of our nation. The men and women who came home from World War II, commonly referred to as GIs, went on to colleges and universities, built businesses, and became known as the greatest generation. Upon signing the bill, President Roosevelt said, quote, With the signing of this bill, a well-rounded program of special veterans' benefits is nearly complete. It gives emphatic notice to the men and women of our armed forces that the American people do not intend to let them down, end quote. Today, there are several GI Bills to choose from. Knowing which one you qualify for and how to apply can help you make sure you get the benefits that you need to reach your educational goals. Visit minnesotaveterans.org for more information. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Director Kelly, we've just got uh, one segment left, and, uh, of course, we're talking about the GI Bill there. That's part of the Veterans Benefits Program. They're doing that. But now we want you to introduce a special guest that uh, seems you keep adding duties to. Yeah, well, we saved the best for last. So Teresa has been a leader here in our hospital for 27 years. She, She is currently the senior nurse oversees over 1,400 nurses here in our hospital in nursing practice. Uh, We're going to talk today about one of the programs she runs, which is the whole health program. But I just can't emphasize enough how important Teresa has been to this hospital. And and she just keeps getting more and more programs because she's that good. Teresa, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. Happy to be joining you again. Last time you were on, we were talking about 75 years of partnership with the University of Minnesota, which is incredible. All those partnerships started all over the country uh, right after World War II, and and you had announced the Nursing Collaborative. Uh, Is that still going strong? You know, it really is. It's been just essential for us to keep moving in nursing, progressing into the future of health care. Uh, we have a couple of programs that we've started with them, one being our nurse practitioner um, clinicals here. And so we've brought in uh, quite a number of nurse practitioners to work in our clinics and learn how to care for veterans. We're starting a program residency with our nurse practitioners through the U that will be starting this next uh, in the fall, which is outstanding for our veteran care uh, the third thing that we're doing with them is we're creating a partnership between the U of M and our GREC department so that we can uh, take the great research that is done out of GREC and get it to the practice sooner than what normal research gets out. Um, normally, research takes about 13 years to get from the researchers to the frontline care, and so we're going to work with the U to see if we can get that out sooner because it's terrific care. 
Yeah, and Teresa, that partnership helped you fill those slots because every year you must have quite a number of nurses that retire, and you just got you got to replace those and add more. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, one of the positions we just filled with them was a nurse scientist, and the nurse scientist is going to help uh, frontline nursing staff make sure that they're providing the the best evidence care, and that's a result of this partnership with the U. So we very very good, and we want to talk today a little bit about the whole health program which I understand is VA's cutting-edge approach to care that supports your health and well-being. And the whole health centers around uh, what matters to you, not so much what is the matter with you. Correct. And, And to me, that sounds like a pretty good focus. It's a great focus, and we're really excited about this new program. You know, there's been bits and pieces of it going around for a long time, integrative health. Uh, complementary therapy, pulling it into a whole health program where we can design the care to meet the needs of our veterans outside of um, uh, external sources that they always have to go to outside to get chiropractic care or um, other types of modalities. We're going to create those abilities within our system for them. Um, We have just recently signed an MOU with um, every third Saturday, which works with veterans. And they have this beautiful new building that they're going to allow us to use to do some of our training for our veterans out in the community. We'll be doing yoga and tai chi. We'll be offering classes for them for um, a couple of classes that we have is just the intro to whole health. So what does it mean? How does it um, affect your life if you use whole health complementary to the medicine care that you have. Teresa, I'm guessing that all gets speed up by communication and I know that uh, I'm a patient here and I use my health EVET and I communicate with my primary care doctor and her team mm-hmm. and the more they get to know me and the more I get to know them, then we can talk about, okay, what do you want to do? How fast do you want to do it? And what's best for you instead of, here's what's wrong with you, do this. Exactly. We just hired some new positions also into the whole health program that are called whole health coaches. And what their goal is, is to do one-to-one communication with patients to talk about what is their goal, what matters to them, and how can we help you get there. So there's a lot of that. Um, we need this, the communication between the veteran to be involved with what's the best mm-hmm. care for them. Teresa, it looks like you've got a lot on your plate, and this gentleman right here just keeps adding on, piling on for you. They call that job security, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Director, you're not, you're not uh, putting too much on her, are you? No, I, Teresa can handle a lot. You know, So she's a, she's a wonderful employee and, and uh, well-respected and uh, runs really good programs. Thank you. Well, Teresa, I've enjoyed meeting you on the show, and, and you've been on several times, and uh, this whole health program sounds like you know, it's a nuance, but it's... Let's focus on that one veteran and see what that veteran needs as opposed to here's what he looks like on paper and here's what we tell him what to do. That's, that's, a, that's a big difference, isn't it? Yeah, we need our veterans to be involved in their care. I, I don't want to tell you what's best for you. I need you and I to talk, and we can come up together with what's the best thing for helping you move forward. So that's our collaborative relationships. Well, Teresa, for you and I, that doesn't happen because the director will tell us what's best for, for us, and, and we'll just keep going. I want to thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Director, we just got a couple of minutes left, and, and uh, we talked about your volunteers, and we've talked a little bit about hiring. We have to replace those nurses, but uh, you need doctors. You need all kinds of staff, general staff. Are you hiring, and, and oh, how by many all do you means, need? Tom. You know, one of the things, it's not unique to the VA, but we've talked about this. Uh, healthcare workers are tired. 
It's been a long couple of years for healthcare workers. So we want to do everything we can do to make it a good place to work. That's compensation, it's work environment, it's work-life balance. We want people to choose to work at the VA. We have, we have a good staff here. We have a tremendous mission, taking care of veterans. So we, uh, but we're always hiring more. Doctors, nurses, pharmacists, you name it. Director, we've just gotten through uh, that pandemic, and I know your people are tired. But based on uh, our guest in the last segment, sounds like there might be a huge influx of new veterans that, that need your help, and that means you're going to have to even hire even more. Well, I think that that will be the case, Tom. Uh, and again, what we need to what we need your listeners to understand is that the VA is hiring, and we hire uh, good, high quality people and provide great care, and have a terrific mission. So yeah, anybody who's interested package. will, yeah. And you're not only hiring here in the Minneapolis VA Medical Center, but at your community-based outpatient we clinics sure all over the state. Right. So what's the easiest way for our listeners to sign up and join? Well, you can go to our website, and on our website, MinneapolisVA. You can look it up in Google, Minneapolis VA. And on that website, there's going to be a link where you can, uh, it's going to say something about jobs. Go to that link, it'll list all the jobs available. They can get started right like that. Or if it's a nurse, they can call our nurse recruiter. And that uh, means you, Teresa, and you're going you're gonna to reel them in, aren't you? Uh, that's right. We'll take them. <laughs> well, Director, we've uh, hard to believe it. We've, ran out, we've run out of time. Uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity to come out and do the show again from the Minneapolis VA Medical Center. We enjoyed coming out here and hope we can do it again in the future. Thanks, Tom. It is always great having you here. Thank you, sir. That was Director uh, Pat Kelly from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare Center and our special guest, uh, Teresa Tonkseth on Minnesota Military Radio. We're just about out of time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Cassidy Karnick, Ron Sackson, Teresa Tunsek, my co-host, Director Pat Kelly from the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, Commissioner Larry Herkey, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mackey. Please join us next week as we talk about MACV and how things are progressing in the fight against veterans' homelessness. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.